John Stewart is back at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Comedy Central. Welcome to the podcast. It's the You Up podcast. I'm Nikki Glazer, your host, coming at you from New Mexico, USA. That's the state. I'm in uh, Bernalillo, Bernalillo, Bernalillo. I don't even know. Lilo and Stitch. Uh, it's outside of Albuquerque, about 35 minutes outside of Albuquerque. I'm um, at the Santa Ana Star Casino. Let me be honest with you guys. Uh, I originally took this gig because I think I did it probably three or four years ago. And they put me at this like dope like resort type place. Which I don't even know if it's nice. Andrew, you went... Th- Let me just tell the whole story. I originally took this gig because I needed a break. And I really like nice hotels and nice, like, hotel experiences. And this place, the last time I was there, called the Tamaya. I think it's, like, just a Hyatt. But that's what they call it out here because it's, like, Southwestern-themed. It felt like I was at rehab. I don't know. I, I loved my experience there. I might be remembering something better than it was, which I think happens a lot. Especially since my tastes have now changed since I've become richer. Like that just happens. You just, I'm just being honest. I say nicer places. And so places I used to think were nice. Now I go back and I'm like, this is a shithole. So maybe it's that I haven't been there, but in, but I, we landed yesterday. Andrew and I landed in Albuquerque and I looked at my itinerary and they said that the hotel was the Santa Ana star casino hotel. Now that is not where I thought I was going to stay. And so I raised a little bit of a bitch fit. I was assured that this hotel was super nice and that I would love my suite. So I just said, fuck it. And they go, you know what? We'll even hook you up with spa services at the Tamaya. You can go over there tomorrow. I booked a massage. I booked a facial. I booked Andrew a massage. Um, I canceled mine today. I woke up. I just wasn't in the mood to be touched by a stranger. And I have had too much stuff done to my face recently in terms of facials and like other stuff. And I just... I think it just needs a break, even though it would be soothing. I just don't want someone touching my face either. Just didn't want to be touched. But Andrew kept his appointment. Um, he went over there today. How uh, how was your experience? Andrew Collin, welcome to the podcast. Hey, everybody. Thanks for having me. Um, I thought it was great. It was very um, exactly what you said. It felt like rehab. It felt like somewhere like a Rich Kennedy would go to get away from it all because he got caught killing a like someone in their car and they're like hey you got to get out of here yeah it looks like it should be called um like promises or like something it's a it's a it feels like an escape it's all on one level you know there's no it's not a big building it's really expansive there's different sections of it there's like a nice mexican restaurant and then there's just a bunch of southwest themed things it just feels i don't know i i can't i paint a better picture because you saw it more recent this morning i thought that was a pretty good picture um but it, it, it kind of looks like a place where... Um, you can journal at this place. Like, you can go walk down to the lobby with a journal and, like, a cozy blanket and have a, a latte on the on the porch. And it almost feels like a ski lodge type energy. Is that right? <laughs> yes, that is what it feels like. I am very used to New York City massages where you go in, no one speaks English, and then they just beat the shit out of you. They ask you no questions. They don't care if it might kill you. They don't care how much water you had. And you just go. And then this place is like, here's your robe, sir. And your everything is like. They want to do a 23 and me on you beforehand. Like, what, yeah. what kind of pressure did your great-grandfather enjoy do you have aids do you have hiv no they didn't ask that no but after i fucked her oh 
Right. <laughs> That's <laughs> She had a se- she had second thoughts in the middle of it and goes, "Ah, oh, well, I should pr- I I'm not going to say anything now." And then at the end of it as she's getting dressed, she was like, "You know, what? I'll just ask just to, so I have like a, so I can just have a good evening where I'm just more a little more relaxed." Is that how it happened? It's exactly how it happened. And we didn't wear condoms neither one of us. So Right. Yeah, and I came in there. So she was like, okay, well, that's going to be a – you're going to tip me? And I was like, sorry. This is almost bordering on, like, did this really happen at this point with the story? Yeah, you would think it didn't, but this is how it happens in New Mexico. It's strange. It's different. No, how was your massage? The, and it, mas- the massage was amazing. She was great. Strong elbows. I like that. She found. I love when they throw in an elbow because I, I worry about their hands when they're doing this, and I want them to use other things to make their hands more relaxed because I, I start to stress out about, oh, this bitch is going to have arthritis pretty soon. I think people don't realize how in the middle of nowhere it is because I'm driving there. They give me – I'm in a 15-person limo bus just myself like a fuck like a champion and then we're driving and the girl goes last time i was on this road i saw a tarantula and i was like okay i was like how big was this tar- like how do you see a tarant on the sh- a street tarantula that's where we're at where yeah you- like they're so big you could spot them yeah. from a vehicle moving in a yeah yeah and so then uh, i had sex with her too I saw an armadillo, not an armadillo, uh, um, a scorpion last time I was here. On stage. On stage, yeah. Andrew heard me doing a, an interview yesterday with someone local, and I told the story because I didn't remember it until he asked me about my last experience here. I think that's maybe why I came back here as well is that, first of all, I'm treated so well here at this casino. Casinos have so much money, so they just treat you like they'll give you whatever you want. Everything's comped, delicious meals, um, and your show, like – it it's it matters, but it's also like you're in and out. They're like trying to sell these people other things than you. So the pressure's off. You can have fun. Um, but last time I was here, I was on stage, and all of a sudden I heard a thwack in the middle of my set. Like a guy hit the stage really hard, and I looked over, and a guy took off his flip flop and killed a um, scorpion. And everyone was just like, ah, oh, scorpion. Back to the show. Yeah, the old scorpion uh, flip flop fiasco. <laughs> yeah, it was just like very pedestrian to everyone. And I was like, dude, that's a scorpion. And I go, why did you kill it? Like, I was going through my vegan, like, uh, metamorphosis at the time. So I was feeling compassion for every living creature. And, um, and so I picked it up, and the audience sh- shrieked in horror that I would pick this up. And I go, I'm picking it up from the front, like, not where its stinger is. And then I saved it. It would have been it would have been funny if you did prop comedy with this squirt. You put it on your lap, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Emil Joaquim is here, by the way. Let's bring him in. Emil Joaquim is uh, flew out from college. He's in his senior year at IU, Indiana University. Is it UI or IU? IU. IU. Okay, I just want to get that right because sometimes people would say I'm, I went to the University of Kansas and they're like UK and I'm like no, I wish. That's Kentucky. That's Kentucky. Yes. And then UI is Illinois. Champagne. Got it. Yeah, Champagne. Champagne. Okay. Well, welcome to welcome to the show, Emil Joaquim. Hey, yo, boys are back. We're back. The family is back together. We're reunited. We're reunited. It feels so good. It feels so good. We're all wearing the exact goddamn outfit. <laughs> Hoodie with white. Wait. Shoes too. Yeah, you're. You, you Our Andrew and I are wearing the same shoes. He's wearing my sunglasses. We're all just like swapping looks. Yeah, it's it's become pretty incestuous here on the. I don't even the pre Bang It Out tour. By the way, Bang It Out tour coming at you this uh, January, popping off in Boston, Jan- uh, January twenty fourth. So many cities. 
So many meet and greets. I can't wait to see you all. Theater tour. And this is like my last run of clubs until that happens. So I should just enjoy this. Anyway, back to your massage, Andrew Collin. It was a great massage. I mean, there was. I got. Did there, any other stories? I got there late. It was a fifty-minute massage. We only had forty minutes. Oh, that sucks. And uh, she, um, yeah, I don't know. She started talking to me, and quickly she realized I don't want to talk. I just want to snore and lose myself. And then part. Yeah, of I just tell them that. Yeah, I should have probably said it, but she was nice. Everything was good, man. This is a great city, New Mexico. The whole town. I. What was I going to say? Oh, people, slot machines. People that, like, will talk shit about kids playing video games, I think slot machines are way more ridiculous, right? Yeah, they can literally ruin your life. Yeah, they're losing money. There's no game. I don't even think they know what the banana. None of it makes any sense. You just trust the machine to tell you if you win. When I put 20 bucks into one, I understood none of it. They could have told me anything, and it would have been like, oh, that makes sense, because, like, it just is, yeah. I don't think. You got think- one banana, a scorpion, and a taco. You just won thir- 35 cents. Yeah. yeah. And you're happy. You just go off the sounds the machine makes to tell if you're supposed to be happy or not. Yes, <laughs> like, oh, yes. Yeah, that, that looks good. Why Whatever do you the- think old people do it, though? Do you think it's just a stress reliever that it just passes the day? Because I think it's there. the easiest way to fix, uh, to satisfy your gambling addiction. It's the quickest fix. It's like doing whippets over and over of like, you know, it's like scratchers tickets. It's like uh, if you're going to play craps, there's too much at stake. There's a process. Poker, the same thing. It's like a love of the game a little bit. Slots, there's no love of the game. It's just pressing a button on a screen. So I think it's like the most base level to hit that tiny release of oxytocin. It's very therapeutic, I guess. You know, they make the floors of casinos colored because if you drop your money... It's harder to see it. Oh, it's all like confusing. Like yeah. the ground looks like they should just put money on the ground. Like the, that should be the print is the oh. is money. That yeah, would be but, the most. But they give you chips. So chips. Oh, yeah. Oh, they all look like chips. They look like little circles. Yeah. The thing with the slot machines, though, I think it's the same reason why we look at our phones. It's just older people yeah. doing the same shit. You're just like almost bored. You just no, we're it's an addiction is what you're saying. It's it in phones are 100 percent an addiction. Um I'm very addicted to my phone, and I'm trying to get better at it. I have my phone tell me every Sunday, I believe, how many hours I spend on my phone per day and how it is based on my, like, av- from last week up or, like, if I've gone up or down. And I feel like that's a really good to just, like, start being more aware of it. Yeah. Doesn't it upset you so much sometimes when you see? No, because I honestly enjoy – I try to stay in the present and enjoy what I'm enjoying and not judge it and just kind of, like – this is what I want right now. If you're thinking about judging, like, it doesn't bother me for some reason. I know I'm addicted to it, and I would like to spend my time doing other things. But I read interesting things. Yeah. I create things. I'm interacting with friends that are not, like, I'm working on my career. I feel like I'm doing mostly positive things. It is rare I get sucked into something negative on Instagram or Twitter nowadays. Because people will go, people will go. You, you, the phone's ruining your life, your social life. And it's like before phones, I wasn't talking to strangers. I wasn't like making new friends. As, like It's not like it, before yeah. phones, you were just going, hey, that guy seems like a nice person to talk to. Let's become friends. You know what I mean? Like there was no like connection 
that I, that people have in their heads of what the connection was before phones. There were newspapers. I'm becoming so good at just avoiding thi- things. I think you're right. Like I think I'm I'm gleaning all the greatest stuff from it, but I'm gr- gleaning it in high levels where it's like no one needs to socialize this much. That is, I can't justify it that way. What were you about to say, Emil? It is way more social than people. People think it's antisocial, but it's like no, you would never talk to friends this often or anything. It's like you're always connected, and that's why we like it so much because we want to feel yeah. like we can always talk to someone. It's getting so much information. No, it's just too it's TMI like it really is it's overload and you just start to numb it out you start to not be present and not remember stuff but I'm trying to think of the last time I wanted to talk about this uh, I wanted to go round robin and say the last time that you felt the internet made you go to a bad place and like triggered you to like get stuck in a place and I want to talk about one that I avoided this week, and I'm proud of myself because I was on your mom's house podcast, which is like one of my favorite shows to go on. It's Tom Segura and Christina Pisitsky's show, and there's a new episode that we taped a while back up this week, and it went up. And I f- I love their podcast so much, and like the videos they post about it, that I follow a subreddit, your mom's house subreddit, because I'm a fan and I like to like see what the fans are saying. And I know that they hate pretty much every woman that comes on the show. And um, so at the day it dropped, as soon as I saw that it dropped, I went to the to my Reddit and I was on a plane and I unfollowed that and to be followed again. But I was like, I need to take a week or two off this, just like I did on Stern when I did it, because like, I follow Stern on, on the subreddit. And when I did his show, I was like, I'm taking two weeks until they stop talking about me. Good or bad, but mainly bad. And then because um, people tell you. But so I did it on a plane, like on the tarmac where I unfollowed your mom's house. And it, like, didn't save because it was, like, half connected to the internet. And it said that I had done it, but it didn't. And I would have protected myself from this, but I was scrolling on Reddit later that night. Hadn't seen any posts from your mom's house. Was so proud of myself. And then all I see is my name, which is, like, weird to see your own name in, like, a... a, I have a bug in my hair. It's it's a nest. That's, like, the dad. Um, So... uh, so I see on my own name and I'm like kind of excited at first because you're just like my name and it says is insufferable <laughs> with awful. three exclamation marks three, it was like three or four maybe I'm imagining that maybe it was just one maybe it was ten but whatever it was I was just like nope and I just like closed out Reddit went directly to the fall fo- then I, I opened it up to go back and officially unfollow it because I was like yikes I could have gone into it there was a long paragraph beneath it too to justify why and I don't want you to go there. Please, listener, do not go there and type something. And de- Actually, you know what? Yeah, go in and defend me and tell them all that I'm sorry that they their moms fucked them up and they hate women now. Um, but, yeah, they're saying mean things about me there. And I always used to, to go defend my friends. That's why I told Andrew. I was like, don't go defend me. He's like, I wouldn't. And I'm like, well, I, I would. <laughs> Insufferable is tough. Insufferable is like an educated person's term, too. So you're like, damn, it's not like a, a stupid like hillbilly. <laughs> yeah. Only smart people know the term insufferable. So yeah, like, ah. dude. And that's, you know what? Like I a professor that really <laughs> knows. When people are are not suffer or are in suffer, like they know, yeah, taste. You're like yeah. shit. And you know what? I'm so like healthy right now about my own shortcomings and like what other people think about me. Like I feel in a really good place. So when I saw it, it it didn't say like my biggest fear is someone being like Nikki Laser is so ugly. I think that's like my number one thing. If you said that about me, it's gonna upset me the most. Insufferable. I kind I know I am sometimes like I get it I'm a lot 
I really I, and sometimes I'm not entertaining and I ramble on like I, it's something I'm working on but it's not something I'm also like I offer so much in the ramblings I think that I can justify them sometimes because good stuff comes out of them but I get it but if you were to call me like ugly I just can't I haven't found a way to work my way around that not yet but with insufferable I was just like yeah I know Someone who's smart, like you said, doesn't like me. Like a scholar. Yeah. And guess what? I'm smart, and I don't like me sometimes. So who cares? Yeah, I agree. I think we're all trying to trick the smart people to liking us. That's like because we all trick the dumb people. Yeah, this one guy, he slid into my DMs. He knew exactly what to fucking say to stroke my ego. I almost followed up, but I was like, I can't because I see what he's doing here, and he's being a little bit too braggy. Look, a hawk, you guys. There's a hawk. That's so close. Come here. Please, come here. Please. I want it to land over here so bad. I just want to be a falconer. Um, hold your arm out and see if it goes. I know. <laughs> seriously. Um, what was I saying before? Something about being rambling. insufferable. The guy <laughs> sliding in your DMs. Oh, yeah. I slid in my DMs. Oh, he told Dude, he told me. He was like, I just want to let you know you're a genius. And I know that because I'm a biology professor at, and like had a, and he just like called me a genius. And then he goes, you remind me of my friend who uh, came up with a way to cure cancer. Like he was trying to like stroke my ego in terms of being smart. And, um, and I'm only saying that now cause it is a brag, but it, but call me smart. And that's like almost as good as calling me pretty, but not as quite because I still question whether or not you want to fuck me. That's a Ted Bundy move too. what he did. That's like a real to be like, I'm a biology professor. Like he's, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Guys either say I'm really smart or they say I'm hot and sometimes they mix them up and I don't know what combo or individual I like more. I don't know what works on me. I'm very confusing because I want to give someone some pointers in order, like, because if you're a good guy out there and you like me, like, how to hit on me, I don't fucking know because I'm running through it and there's just no good way. I did Both, right? Don't you want both? I would want both. I do, but sometimes I feel like it's a little overkill and it's like, just stick to one. You know what's fun is if they do the appearance first, if they just slide based on like how hot you are, then you're like, wow, I could have nothing else. But sometimes the hotness thing, I'm just like, I don't trust it. It's all, it's so confusing. I think I can literally only be uh, hit on effectively by someone who I've already decided I want to, like, I already know, I already know them. And I've decided it. I just don't think it's going to work otherwise. Um, yeah, I see that. I can see that you need to talk to someone. You need to communicate in person to to realize that person likes you. Also, and I you need to start off person. on a level of I don't – there's no pressure that we're going to have sex. Like I'm just getting to know them friend-wise first. And then I decide when it shifts. Yeah. I don't know why that is with me. No, and also it's nice because I know what you mean. You're, you don't want to sell yourself again because it's so hard. Like when you know someone already for a couple of years and then it starts from there, you're like, oh, they know enough about me. Starting from scratch sucks. You have to like, like, oh, this is these are what I'm into. These are my hot. Like it's so nice when someone just kind of knows. Yes. I. But I just want – I guess I just want control of it. Like I just don't want to have to ever do anything I don't want to do because this person thinks that I'm considering having sex with them and I've decided I don't want to. I mean, I've talked about this shit ad nauseum, but I'm just getting closer to kind of understanding it because it is because I get DMs all the time from kind of hot dudes, dudes that would like like me. And I just and none of them do it for me. And I'm like, so this has to work for some girls. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think sometimes you look for negatives like like this guy's not funny enough. This wasn't this like you're looking for 
like ways to not go and meet them. Yeah, because I don't have I don't have time. Okay, then yeah, then yeah, I don't know. That takes so much to meet like a street. You have yeah, to make it work. Andrew went on a seven hour date with two girls the other. It was what was that? It was like seven hours of your night. It's a good story, and you got a kiss at the end of it, and maybe it's leading to something. But it's just like that's a lot of time to spend with people you don't know. Yeah, I don't know. And then I went on another date. It was two and a half hours, and. And I made out at the end, and I told her I would eat her ass on the street. And that's something that I you wouldn't get if you just stayed at home on your phone. Um, I will say for that date, you had already met her and decided you want to have sex with her. You had met her before. I met her. She was with some on a date with someone else. Yeah, but you saw her. You interacted with her face-to-face. Yes, I could see that she was a regular human and that I shouldn't be afraid and that I could connect it with, like, actual tangible. And you definitely wanted to fuck her. Like, you could see that that was, like, already, it, like, if I go out with a guy from Instagram who said some things and we connect on that and then I see him in person and he's just... So repulsive, like it's just never gonna happen. Cause I know that, like there, I just know if I'm if I'm not physically attracted to someone, it's not gonna like happen. But then you go out on a date and then you just leave. It doesn't have to be seven hours, dude. Uh, it feels like it does. It doesn't. You just go and you go. Oh, you're ugly, you fat loser. I wouldn't you say that. On him, you throw your drink in his face and then you stab him with the fork in his neck. And you All go, right. don't you fucking lie to me ever again. And then it's easy. Then you just go to the next date. You you heard it there. <laughs> what do you always say? Whenever Andrew does Instagram lives in the back of cars with me, you heard it here he'll, he'll whenever there's like a lull in conversation or someone says something, he'll go, "You heard it here, folks." You heard it here, folks. Like he he won't say first. He'll say, "You heard it here, folks." Folks, folks. You heard it here, folks. Here yeah, it but it's you heard it here first. first. Heard it here first, folks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we got to get to Monday show. Monday show. It was Anya Marina, I believe, Heather Mon- Monahan. No, not Heather Monahan. Heather, yeah, Heather Monahan. She's a motivational speaker. Harrison Greenbaum and Andrew. Anya wasn't there. It was Andrew, me, uh, Harrison, Harrison Heather and Heather Heather Monahan. Such a she's a sexy babe. Yeah, she's cute. Go look how hot Heather Monahan is. She's a motivational speaker and she's just awesome. Harrison Greenbaum and Andrew, and this is me talking about uh, what I want in a relationship. More of that here. On you up with Nikki Glaser Monday show. When we're on stage, no think- one gives a fuck. Guys are just dis- <laughs> the guys are actually turned off by women with confidence. They're intimidated. And men, yeah. They- How do you think I that think went down? Guys are turned. I think there's a, right. a subset yeah. of well dudes said. who understand. Like I think it's hot. I don't even think it's shitty guys. It's just like guys that um, are insecure, and I, so many men sure. are insecure. Listen, I just interviewed Jesse Itzler and Sarah Blakely. Founder of Spanx. Oh yeah. Let me tell you, she's a freaking powerhouse. Oh right? yeah, no gorgeous, one. successful, billionaire. He's so confident in himself. He praises her. And yes. it's like you have to find someone that strong, yeah. like that confident. Until she takes off the Spanx. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great if she takes off Spanx and she's just job of the hut? Yeah. Like she's just like, oh god, I got alien. Why, she's um, lovely. How do you I'm think sure they got lovely. in? How do you think they got in touch? You uh, think through DM, DMs? DMs, always DMs. Dude. When you're famous, Instagram is just a catalog. Yeah, yeah but he's not on Instagram anymore. But I wonder. Oh, yeah. wow. He's probably on something. He's got to be. And where do you go? Right? You're, she's 18. You're not gonna be able to go to a bar. How old is he? Well, 26, uh, 25, right? 25, 25. The duo were claim he was leaving Kaya's apartment, and um, he said that they were just friends. But I mean, they're probably. I just kind of feel sad for both of them in the sense that, like, they can't. Like Pete, I feel bad for Pete because he like 
we all I dated around a shit ton, but like every time I left somebody's apartment, it wasn't like I news. want that so bad. I want to be <laughs> stalked by the paparazzi. I want people to be talking Coming about out who of I NYU could be dating. Dorms. Careful what you wish for. <laughs> yeah, Did you no. see just Lady Gaga just said fame is a prison? Oh yeah, yeah. I loved someone's response. Well, a prison yes! is a prison. No, a prison oh, is Amanda prison, Knox, my friend. Right back. Yeah, yeah. That, that was good. prison is a prison. I could see you coming out of NYU dorms, like <laughs> with big black glasses. I love it. I love a purple, it. a purple sweater. Yeah, exactly. I swear, I fucked the RA. Oh my god, yeah, I fucked the RA. Oh, that's so oh funny. God. You have like on all NYU clothes, like try to fit in. No, I, I just, <laughs> the I've always wanted that. They catch you swiping that. in with his ID. Yeah. <laughs> I know that that is so uh, shallow and stupid, but I just, I've, oh, I just want one time to date a famous person and be caught canoodling in a paparazzi photo <laughs> from across the street when I didn't know. There's just something about like voyeurism. I, I, you know what I want? I just want confirmation that a boy likes me, and I want to see it in a photograph because Wait, are when you I'm crazy. So many people like you. Are you no. mental? No, I want to see a touching moment between me and a man that I don't know. It like I want to see uh, it from an outsider's perspective. Interesting. Like I want to see some a man cherish me so from afar. Do this. Should Shut I grab that your... guy in the hall right now? Do yeah. 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 Grab a guy. Put your phone he on keeps the. Looking at you. Put, yeah, your, he does. put your phone on the ten second timer. Yes. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> grab any man oh, and just make out with him. I should. No, she doesn't want to make that. out with anybody. Remember? Or, she said or yeah. hold him. Oh my god. Grab any hot man yeah, in Soho. Yeah, you can call TMZ and they'll take some pictures. No, I I, I use I have a, a paparazzi's number and he was like, if you ever um, are like dating a guy, just call us and we'll we'll shoot across the street. So I'm never gonna do that because that seems really pathetic. But it is a, it will happen for me where I date someone famous. It is totally. a goal, just like. I've manifested everything else in my life. I will manifest being caught canoodling. I mean, the best thing that ever, the, the closest this has happened to me was grocery store Joe and I, when we were on Dancing with the Stars, went to go get Starbucks and a break during the, um, when we were practicing at the same studio and we walked to Starbucks together and I saw the paparazzi across the street <laughs> and I was like, Oh, and he's dating my friend Kendall, so I knew that they were gonna make something like maybe because I and so I just looked like I was having such a good time, and maybe like the pictures could look like we were dating, and I fucking <laughs> nailed it because it, <laughs> they were so good. It was my biggest dream is to be caught by paparazzi. I don't want them to be stalked by them, but I want them to catch a moment from afar. What? I love when my friends take a picture of me, and I don't know that I'm being on camera, yeah, and then candid. I see it. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, I don't look as bad as I always think I look. Like, it's just, when we're all just posing for pictures, it's not really who we are. You don't get a chance to see Wait, who Wait, have you not are. seen and your Netflix video? You look amazing. Yeah, but that was a performance. I want to see what I'm like, like, when I think no one's watching. That's kind of what I want to, <laughs> it's voyeuristic. I, I walked dogs in, in Greenwich, and, and, and it was Ryan Reynolds, it was Jake Gyllenhaal, it was, all these people live, Justin Timberlake, um, oh my God, all, all of them live in the same place, and I would walk these like really fancy poodles, and I'd wear sunglasses, and I'd walk <laughs> out, and you would see the paparazzi out there, and they'd go, oh, oh hey, everyone, everyone, and then they'd realize, no, it's just a shitty dog walk. It's just a poor loser. <laughs> yeah, like, you can see the look on their face of like, no, he's nobody. He's yeah. a nobody. When, you know, when you know that the dogs you're walking have better health insurance than <laughs> yeah. you do. Oh, my God. They, they were, definitely They, they definitely have oh, better. These were like toy poodles that were worth like $20,000. Oh, yeah. Easy. What? That was Monday's show. We're back um, here with Emil Joachim, who is currently in college, his senior year. How's that going, bud? It's going. We're getting through. We're uh, School is it's taking a backseat, but we're good. Yeah. I felt the same way, dude. My senior year, I was just like, 
I didn't I just didn't care at all I was just trying to not I was just trying to pass every class barely and I never had had that kind of thought process about school it always was the most important thing to me yeah and you know what I started it's bullshit but I started inviting teachers to shows that I'm doing and I had two teachers like come out to shows and then now I'm like oh I got an A in their class because they're like yeah they don't care they don't want to hinder your success they're just gonna let you coast that's what I did too with my teachers I got them on board with my career yes I told you tell them you kind of brag like oh yeah I'm just like doing and then you kind of tell them it's like going somewhere and they're like oh Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. And then they totally, you're just in your hands to play with. Dude, I did that so hard. I got out of tests by being like, I'm going on my first radio appearance today for my burgeoning career. And I'd use words like burgeoning because I was in English. And like, they would be like, go get them, girl. Don't worry about it. Honestly, when I did um, Last Comic Standing, it was my senior year. And I told my teachers, I had got eliminated on the show almost immediately. I could have been back to school. But I, they all knew I was going to do this reality show. So Brendan Walsh is a comedian. He gave me the advice because after I got eliminated, I was so sad. I was like, I don't want to go back to Kansas. I was in L.A. I was on this TV show. I was smoking a cigarette with Brendan Walsh. And he was like, the show's not going to air until after you graduate. So you can just lie and say that you're like still on it. Right. And just like tell them that you're still on it and yeah. don't go back to class. And I was like, that is a great idea. So I did. I, w- I didn't have to go back to class. I was kind of done after that because I just told all the teachers that I knew would let me, like, they were like, get, do get it, girl. Yeah. Stay out there as long as you want. Take the final from there. We'll do, like, a modified version. Yeah. And so I got to, like, coast yeah. truly till the end with so many teachers that thought I was on the show. And then they watched the show, and I was literally eliminated immediately. Mm-hmm. There was, like, one episode. So shout out to those teachers for believing in me. That'd be so funny if for your final you just sent them a clip of you just doing like, just Here's my submission clip. And also thanks for the A in your class. Like, yeah. That's what you got to do. That's what a teacher should do. If you see that this child is, like, good in other ways and not in your subject, like, push them to do whatever they're good at, right? I've never been good at anything. Did you ever have anyone push you to being funny? (laughs) No. No one ever pushed me to be like, I see something in you, kid. (laughs) I don't think I ever got that. I think one teacher, this guy, Mr. Gordon, he – he saw I was decent at math and that he could help me and I was smarter than I was, but I wasn't living up to my potential. So he took a little bit more time with me. But other than that, no. But, you know, I coasted my whole life. You know, I didn't have to have an excuse like stand up. You know what I mean? Like I just cheated on everything. Yeah, but you didn't have like a uh, plan while you were coasting. Like you didn't have like, oh, if this doesn't work out. What was your plan in college? My plan was just get through it. Just get the grade. Just pass. Just pass so my parents don't fucking hate me. But what a- What about after graduation? Did you f- fear that? Uh, that I had no skill set whatsoever. Now, I was so out of it from living in New Orleans for four years and partying so much that I was just like... And I never thought, like, what my next step would be, and I just ended up going driving to L.A. to be a producer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I ended up being a... A PA, a production assistant for one weekend with Joel McHale on a on a Waffle House commercial or not Waffle House, IHOP, and then I th- I thought I I wore a suit to PA where you just move. <laughs> <laughs> you're supposed to dress like you're doing like a, a manual labor. manual labor yeah. when you're a PA, not wear a suit. You thought you were going to be remember, a producer. I remember I show up and everyone goes, "Hey, uh, you're not going to need the sport coat," and I go. Oh, uh, yeah, I know. I just, I'm coming from somewhere else. <laughs> no, I didn't say. I didn't have anything. I was just like, and then next thing I took a coat off and I, like, I keep rolling up my sleeves because I'm like so hot. I was like sweating so much because like, I was in, everyone else in shorts and like a work t shirt or whatever. 
Oh my God, and then, Andrew! And then I thought I had a job at this production company forever, and it was just one weekend. I drove to five thousand miles, whatever it was, for one weekend, one job, for like three hundred bucks, and then I didn't have another job. And so then I just—I mean, there's so much more that happened, but yeah. And then I, but yeah, then I was done being a producer. Did you put all your stuff in your car and move out? Yes. Dude, that's cross country with my stepbrother, Jake. This is so classic you, like not really knowing the information and just kind of showing up and like not having, like you don't think ahead. And there's something beautiful about that because you live in the moment then Mm -hmm. more. You're enjoying your life now. I'm always like, what's happening next? When are we going to, where are we going to go from here? When's that ending? I'm not enjoying the present moment. I'm so freaked out and anxiety driven in the moment that I can't think about the future. It's not like. Right. Oh, he's always in the. Mo- it's more. I'm in the moment because I, I can't uh, that kind of. Yeah. Thing. But now I'm better. You know. It's not cool, like spontaneous in the moment. Like, oh, he just doesn't even care. You're yeah. like, I overly care. Like, you care too much. I care God. so much that I hurt myself by getting fucked up, by to show that I don't care. Right. So, I, like, I would do the opposite of being like, I'm just a free going. I burnt down my fraternity house. <laughs> you know, you know, like shit like that. And like, whatever. But meanwhile, I'm like in a dark room, like, who am I? <laughs> you know, <laughs> Listen oh my to God. Like Garth Brooks, that Chris Gaines guy. Some guy just, my little brother just made a Peaky Blinders. We did that yesterday. Yeah. Oh, it's me. It's Peaky Blinders. Peaky Blinders. Oh, fucking Peaky Blinders. It's a fiki, fucking Peaky Blinders. <laughs> I can't even do it. I don't even know what the reference is. That's why I love that you do it. It's really nice. It's it's very, so, so my little brother did one, and look what this guy wrote. Wait, is it going on? Let's see. Oh. It's the fucking Peaky Blinders. He did a good job. Yeah, he's good. And then look what this guy wrote. Someone said, L-M-A-O-O-O, damn my N-word. Everybody in your family got a speech impediment. (laughs) 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 Oh, it tickled me. Oh, that was great, dude. I mean, what's this speech? Because he spit? I don't know. I I don't know. I guess maybe he doesn't know that he's doing a... Like oh, a yeah. kind of accent. You got Brie being British and speech and being like slow. <laughs> and, uh, uh, um, but no, but we performed at Tulane. Where uh, I yeah, we talking talk. Speaking of colleges, yeah, Andrew and I went to Tulane University on Wednesday night. It's Friday right now. God, that feels like so long ago. Um, we're in New Mexico today, but um, two days ago we were in New Orleans. Yesterday we were in New- yesterday morning, New Orleans. We performed at Tulane. How was your experience? Well, I, it it was a hero's welcome. You know, the fans, the students, they all, you know, I have that monument built for me there. I Just made, I bullied Andrew. <laughs> you were a monument of a, a statue of a kid. someone else's Just paper. <laughs> Just like, ooh, what's, <laughs> hey, hey. It's like whispered, hey, hey, move your shoulder. Hey, hey. <laughs> it's you meeting some kid with like a uh, man bag with all like the tests in it and slyly like passing him some <laughs> cash. Dude, I, I made so it's many. Written, it's an arm with math equations written Whoa, on it. Oh, he does have an arm with dumb stuff written on it. <laughs> yeah, Jack Jackpot. It just so I remember it. <laughs> How to spell it. For the spelling test. <laughs> so anyways, it was fucking awesome. I mean, I. It was uh, it was kind of weird because I've had I had so many absurd things happen to me at that school, and I was fucked up the whole time. And I that's where like I really started to get anxiety and depression. But to come back and perform in a place that like I went to my freshman year, 
for the students and like do pretty good was uh it was pretty fucking cool it was like a what's it called a 180 it's kind of like like odysseus you know you fuck up so much and then you go on all this voyage and then you come back a a a hero that no one knows and (laughs) People are like, wow, we're here for someone else. You know, (laughs) the modern Greek mythology. Everyone thinks about that. But yeah. But anyway, it was uh, I I, I gave him I gave his intro and told this class that he graduated in 2002. (laughs) I just wanted Andrew to be I like had to get him in a place of like, I know what you think this might be, but like they don't care. Remember when you went to school here and someone was like, I went to school here 20 years ago. You'd be like, I don't really give a shit. I was like, just do your jokes. Like, don't. I did tell some stories that I I didn't overdo it. Like, you did a good job. Yeah. I definitely told some fun stories about the AIDS test and stuff like that and whatever. And then um, and then I went out at the end because I was laughing in the back of the auditorium, like behind the curtain behind Andrew. And he could hear me laughing. Yeah. And I go. Because there was one joke that definitely didn't hit. And I could just hear Nikki laughing at it doing so bad. And I was like, I'm happy I was in the moment enough where I was just like, hey. I loved it. Yeah, it was all, I was like, hey, shut the fuck up. Back there. And no one can hear her. So it's just, they think I'm just yelling in my own head at Nikki in my head. And then Nikki came out with the God mic. And then we ended up doing, like, we told. I had him tell the penis pump story. And the stab story. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it was, um,. It was really fun. I love those moments. Like, yeah, it was good. And then I didn't introduce you, and then you had to introduce yourself. Yeah, so then he, he I'm already on stage, and so I go, Andrew calling everyone, he leaves, and I go, coming to the stage, you know her from, and I just did every single credit I've ever had, and then they started playing my Taylor Swift song like as I was doing my own intro, walking back and forth. It was pretty fun. And um, then, uh, Tulane. <laughs> took a picture of you, obviously, and put it on their thing. Like, Nikki Glazer comes and performs, and they could have wrote... Fellow two like two lane grad. Yeah, it's one person's responsible for that post, and they didn't give a shit about so you. I wrote on it. I go, hey, I opened, and I I went to school there. Yeah, <laughs> and no one wrote back. I just like I think I projected a lot onto you about your school because Ku hasn't asked me to do anything, <laughs> and I'm just like so angry about it. Like they just don't care. Like the I places where you came you up, no. they put you on some list. Oh, no, that was, like, someone found that and made a list during the final, like, during March Madness of, like, famous alums from the t- Sweet 16 or whatever. And I was on one of those lists, and it was so nice. But KU didn't, like, submit me. Do you think if your comedy was cleaner, they would have come to you, like, five years ago? Oh, I guess probably. I think a lot of things would have happened to me if my comedy was cleaner. I'm just realizing that. But, um, just- like, I, I honestly am. I'm not even joking you. I just, I did not. Realized that my career has been hurt by being a dirty comic until just recently. I was just like doing what I wanted to do, but now I'm like, oh, you should finally tone it down. No, no, no. There's no toning it down. No, there's. I, I'm. I'm myself. Don't you feel good that you did it your way, though? You know. You I did it my way. All right, getting into Tuesday's show. Um, who was on the show Tuesday? Let me look for y'all. Let me look for y'all. Um, it was J. Oh, this was such a fun show. Rachel Feinstein was there, my favorite comedian, Rachel Feinstein. Uh, and then comedy writer JP McDade was there. JP McDade wrote for me for the roast of Alec Baldwin, and he got like three jokes into my set. It was incredible. Follow him on all things, JP McDade. Um, I forget his his handles are different on for each Instagram and Twitter, but he writes amazing, amazing jokes. The fact that he got three jokes in my set really is like 
speaks to how funny this kid is and he's going to go into huge things and um i'll be able to say that i venmoed him first um but check him out he killed it on the show rachel feinstein always kills it and uh anya marina was also there my best friend my turning into my radio co-host at this point love her so much um We'll talk about Anya Marina in a second because she has a new song out right now today called The Man. It's a cover of Taylor Swift's song The Man that I that she did, and it is hauntingly beautiful. Go check it out on Spotify. Anya Marina, The Man. Um, and here's Tuesday's show. We're talking about uh, our funniest friends. And shout out to my best friend from uh, fourth grade through my life, Kirsten Florman. Now Kirsten, um, what is her last name now? Damn it. Robertson. She's a yoga te- She's a personal trainer in Kansas City, but she's my best friend. She's probably the funniest person I'll ever know. And I proved it by playing a, a, a video she sent me on uh, a couple nights ago on the show. So this is, this is the show. And if you go on stage enough and you watch enough comedy and you work at it, you can be successful. If you're not a naturally funny person, I really do think that you can be successful in comedy. It's magic. You can get to a level of competence over time where you're like, you are a stand-up comedian. You might not be the funniest person. Yes, but agreed. Yeah. But people will you come see you and you will work. Yeah. And if you you're a good enough business person, you can you know, get out there and get yourself booked and then people will yes. come see you anyway. Yeah, you can make a living doing it even if you're not someone who's naturally inclined to do stand-up yeah. just by like working hard. But that's we what it comes down to. could do a whole to. show just naming successful comics who aren't funny. Yes. Like, yes. Yes. I took an acting class years ago when I was like 20 from Richard Dreyfus. Nice. And he said the uh he said ambition and talent equal success, but you can't have success with one of those things. You have to have both talent mm. and ambition. Mm. And he goes, I'm sure you all know people with loads of talent and no ambition and they're yes. in their bedrooms like making the world's greatest album that no one will ever hear or like the, you know, they're the best actor or the best comic or whatever. And I think about that all the time. I I don't have equal parts, but I have enough of both. And I'm sure you guys relate. But we've all seen people that are brilliant and they're just like in their bedroom. Yes. That yes. They're too scared yeah. to get up on stage or whatever. Yeah. I mean, the funniest people I know don't do stand up. Some, like some of the, yeah. like the f- people that like my best friend and from middle school, Kirsten, who's been on the show before. She she makes me laugh in a way that I can't even like. Can I just play this thing that she sent the other day? <laughs> this is so funny, and I hope it I hope it checks out. But she sent this video of her dressed like gothic for Halloween, and she's sitting in her car, and her husband is uh, pumping the gas. And oh, where is it? God damn it. I'll cue it up to play later. But she's just like, infinite sorrow here. <laughs> and where is it? God damn it. I really got to find it. Oh, my God. It's so funny. But she goes, um, infinite sorrow would like some trident gum. She's telling her boyfriend he was about to go into the gas station. It was so, so funny. But like, yeah, she's, I remember always being like, she's going to get to be on SNL someday. I'm so fucking jealous. And, um, she's a personal trainer and it's not because she did She's not successful or didn't work hard. It's just like, you know, and there are so many people that are successful and they have all these followers and you're like, you're just mediocre. Yes. You're just, and they just, and I've never laughed so hard as I did when I was like with my high school and college friends just hanging out. And that's one thing that kind of discouraged me from doing comedy because I'm like, oh, if my friends are this funny, then comedians mm-hmm. have to be 10 times funnier. I'll never be able to yes, do it, but I they're not. To, they're not. They're not. Hold on. Here's Infinite Sorrow. 
Even goths need to pump gas for their Honda CRVs. <laughs> <laughs> She's what her husband's dressed like uh, Just a regular Tom guy. Selleck, uh, Magnum PI. And he's pumping gas and she's in the front seat, dressed like a total goth. Hello. Infinite Sorrow would like some Trident gum. <laughs> He's just like, what? We've got Magnum P.I. And perhaps a disturbed individual right here. Blessings to you tonight. <laughs> That's a really good English accent, I by know. the way. Blessings really, is such a blessings foolish thing to, to say. Blessings to you tonight is so funny. I was like, she's as funny as Rachel Feinstein. Like, it just... Unexploited uh, talent. The infinite sorrow would like some trident gum. I'm like, that bitch is a personal trainer in Kansas City, and she's funnier than most stand-up comedians. Like, it's just one of those things. But I remember, yeah. Blessings to you is ridiculous it's dumb so thing to say. It's so funny. God you damn. That. Blessings is so funny. Funny. Yeah, yeah t- seriously, steal that word and a- add it to your collection of hilarious words that Anybody you use all the that time. Anybody that like blessed. introduces something like that heavy into like a casual greeting, it's just so funny. Like I, I know this guy. Whenever I see him, he always goes shine. Uh, he tells me to shine. Uh, <laughs> like, I don't asked. like that. <laughs> there was this, there was this waitress who used to work at the cellar, and she would go up and do. She would pray at people. You know, she'd do like a pray and a bow and like thank people. Um, like thank you, thank you, you know. And mm-hmm. she, I saw her do it to Horatio Sands. I just thought it was such a funny person to walk up to and just she bowed. Bow. She gave him like an L.A. bow, and she was just like, "I just want to say thank you, thank you for his performance <laughs> or his Horatio Sands contribution or something. for his Christmas song with Chris Kattan holding oh, the keyboard. Yeah. That was good. <laughs> what are you grateful for? I came from Cafe Gratitude. To oh my here. God! I said shall the other day. I was um, I was having a procedure <laughs> no, you were done, a shawl. and I go, shall I, shall I shift? Like sh- I just, I was like, shall I? And I was like, did I just say shall? Like just can, Nikki, can. I like shall. should, should. And I said shall, and I, I almost called it out, but I think she even clocked it. Like that was. <laughs> I like saying it during lovemaking. <laughs> shall I get the condom? That's what I was having. I was lovemaking. Oh. It was a, I called a procedure. <laughs> I was having sex. Oh, it's a shoggy style. Yeah. Welcome back to the show. We're still um, on a balcony at my hotel room, the Santa Ana Star Casino. Come out and see us if you live near Albuquerque. Andrew Collin, Emil Joachim. Now moving it into the uh, living room. Um, we were just talking about uh, Emil. We, we came inside because it was cold outside. Emil's hands are suffering because he he gets cold hands. What is it called? It's called Renaud's. At least I think it is. My mom could have bullshitted this, but it means you have poor circulation to like your fingers and your toes, and it's horrible. So do they go numb? They go numb. They get cold really quickly. Like as soon as it turns fall, I like wear gloves sometimes. Yeah, you should wear gloves. Uh, Like why not be comfortable? And gloves can look cool. I told my mom, I was like, what do I do for Renaud's? She's like, just wear gloves. Like, you can wear them inside. And I was like, am I going to wear gloves inside? Like, oh, I would. I don't give a shit. Really? Emil, it's all about, like, fake nose ring, dude. I you know, taught me right. best. Emil was the one that got me into fake nose rings. He walked into the um, Indiana, Indianapolis, uh, what was that? Was that an improv? Helium. Helium. And um, in the green room and had a nose ring and it was fake. And I was like, I love it. Can I wear it? And he gave it to me. And then I never stopped. When was that? September 12th. Yeah. Sisterhood of the traveling 
Dude, nose rings. I'm in it. I'm. Yeah. I, I love my fake nose ring. I, I wear it all the time. It's like who I am now. It's on my uh, little bit moji. You know, like on yeah. on Apple where you get to make your face. Phenomenal. I put one in because I'm like, it's my thing. I, and you were the one that inspired me to do that. Like, why why have to get a real one? Why can't you just fake yeah. it? So just wear gloves because you need them. I think that's why I like the nose ring thing because it's like the first thing that I'll do rebellion where I'm like, fuck it. I'm, I like it and I'm going to do it. Yeah. And if you like to have your hands not be freezing all the time, I, I always have my hands like this. So one of my earliest memories of being like uncomfortable sexually was I was in fourth grade, fifth grade. Maybe it was middle school. No, it was fifth. It was probably sixth grade. Some that, it doesn't really matter. But I remember I was so freezing and I put my hands between my legs and I can cross my legs like in a weird way, like yeah. a lot. Like I can spin them around each other. And I will always have my hands in between my thighs, like up by my vagina because it's just the warmest place. Yeah, I do it in my armpits. Yeah. You'll put your hands on your balls. Is that real? Yeah. It's not. It's not real. That's not real at all. In Florida. In Florida? <laughs> it's a thing, dude. Uh, my friends, we would just sit around and we just go, you just watch TV like this and you just have your hands on your balls. Dude, it's like a little hand warmer. Dudes do do that. Yeah. I never did it because I never was like, well, my hands are always dirty. And I'm like, I don't want to grab my bare dick and balls. It is the warmest place on your body. It's why like ticks are always headed to your genitals. Do you know that? Because it's the warmest. balls one time. They're always going south for the winter. They're always like, if, if you find a tick on your body, it's usually pointing like it's walking towards your puss. That makes a <laughs> slow march. It's just going. <laughs> Do you know that movie? It follows. Have you ever heard of that movie or seen it? I've heard of it. I don't remember seeing. Okay, it. Okay, so I don't know anything about it because it sounds like the scariest thing ever. I, like I haven't seen it. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know who's in it. I don't know um, if I would enjoy it. But the premise is is like there's this spirit that somehow if it starts attacking you, like it walks. It walks as slow. It will murder you. It will, like, in a terrible way if it gets you. You always have to run from it, but it's always slowly walking to you from whatever place it is in. So it'll just, like, if you shift, it'll just start walking that way. So if you stay in any place too long, it will just find you eventually, and you don't know, like, when it's going to. But isn't that creepy as shit? This could be your life. Like, because you move so much, maybe it's just never caught up with you. Oh, my God. On the road every weekend. You move to new apartment. Like, how do how do you know? Oh my god! It's like you don't you don't know if it's gonna catch up to you when you're Anthony Bourdain and you're staying at a cottage in France. That's when it got him. Catches up with everybody eventually. What if that that is a good? Oh god! It follows two. That's it follows two, and then it's a a colon, and it just says depression. That really got me. That is so funny. Yeah, you just get super, super sad when it catches you. You find out the monster's just like anxiety and like, oh, I'm going to die and it's all for I do feel like that. Like if you do look at your depression as something that like gets you and you got to get like wriggle out from its grasp, it makes it easier because a lot of times you're just like, oh, this is me and who I am and I should just be like this. But if you try to actually be like, this is an entity taking over it really helps i just watched this amazing uh talk that oprah did with some like an uh, awakened um guru type guy who just like lives in the present and he said the key to his happiness and to happiness in general and the the key to um mindfulness and awaking awakenness i forget what they're the um spiritual the key to a spiritual awakening the only thing that will get you there is to realize that your thoughts are not you and that you are watching your thoughts and that your thoughts are 
have nothing and once you're able to really embrace that your thoughts are not you you have found um you have found the like the key like that's the awakening and it's such a hard concept to grasp and they're both talking about oprah was like i understood it but i didn't get it until i went to india and did this thing she clearly did some ayahuasca in india (laughs) if you ask me but it's so fascinating because that's it is it's like realizing your thoughts are not real and not not you essentially yeah. is like the key. Do you know? Do you does that ever help yeah. you? I always find it so impressive when people say that they have like actual control over their thoughts because I can't imagine one day being like like having control over my mind and being able to just sit down and like if I'm if I don't want to think about something, actually not being able to think about it and not my mind being like think about it. I have a green I have a green belt in it. Like I have I'm getting so um, much better at it. I can do amazing things with my thoughts and I can sometimes if I if I am depressed and can't get out of it it's because I've chosen to do to do the things I know that can get me out of it but I can get out of the thought process now I have the tools it's me shirking those tools and being like I don't fucking want them I want to be sad I this feels good because I'm a baby it's me being lazy because it's all there and it's all you can get over anything yesterday I was on the plane my back was hurting so bad and it was like this searing pain in my lower back and I was like starting to have all these thoughts about like oh is it sciatica is this going to be my life now of like back pain and then I was just I remember the Sam Harris meditation and I just was like okay just focus on the pain as a thing that isn't real it's like a like it's an object focus on the pain is not be curious about the pain actually like don't think just be like what is it lean into it really try to feel it like what is pain what and and I just did it and my pain was gone within seconds and then I was just like whoa that was awesome I know that because I knew the thing that was causing the pain was still happening it didn't solve what was causing the pain it solved my interpretation of the pain so the nerves were still being stimulated I could feel it physically it was like a numb pain but it didn't register to me as uncomfortable anymore or pain it was really bizarre, and I was like, how long can I keep this going? And then another pain emerged, and I was like, I'm going to go do it to that. And then I went and zapped that. I swear to God, it was fucking wild. Yes, I had taken an edible before I took off. Did that aid me? Maybe. But I really did. I got the pain to go away. It was awesome. Did you realize that? you were sitting on an edible? <laughs> I was like the princess in the pea. Or whatever. Like, Just like a little piece of a brownie yeah, compressed yeah, the, your bag. The one guy had... Yeah, you're a joke where the guy's like, ah, do-. he goes to the doctor. I think I told you it before. And he's like, ah, it hurts me when I touch myself here. When I touch myself here, doc, and touch myself yeah. here. And then and he's like, the doctor goes, ah, you got a broken finger. Yes. <laughs> that, it's like, yeah. No, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Well, that thing you were talking about, though, like how you can do it sometimes, that's, to me, where I'm at mentally is like to, to hear that people can do that. That's like. You can't. You are like the Dalai Lama. Like that's that's how far I am from being able to be like, oh, I got it. I could. I really feel like I can heal things on my body if given if if it gets dire enough where I'm like, fuck, because of what I did to my shoulder during Dancing with the Stars. I feel magical when it comes to thoughts, and it's not magic. Yeah. It's it's because those things are caused by our thoughts, and I just know what causes it now. Yeah. And so when you know what causes it, you can't mm. pretend like it's anything else. You can't be like, no, my my tendon's ripped. It might be ripped, but my interpretation of that pain has nothing to do with the ripped. And, and the sentence when you go, I'll never be able to control my thought, just yeah. that sentence alone, yeah. 
you're not going to be able to with that kind of mindset. Yeah, you just got to believe you can do it and just believe. It works, dude. I've done it. Like, well, I'm sure the Zoloft helps, but I used to be. Also, you have outside pressures. Like, your parents still, you still want to please them. You want to please your school. A lot of, like, thoughts go into pleasing other people. So you're like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so it puts more pressure on you. And then you're like, if I don't do this, then this person's going to be upset. And right. like all that shit, when you get rid of all that other noise of what people think of you and what, where your status is or whatever, then you can start like controlling your thoughts more. I think. Yes, yeah. I agree. It's so much of life is letting go of anything but yourself. And then it's funny because people are like, don't worry about other people. You can't control them. You can only control yourself. You honestly can't really control yourself either. If you look into the concept that there's no free will, but when you are able to just focus on yourself though, and think of what you think you can manage, you can't really control it, but you think you can. And that's the, that's, that's once you let go of other people's expectations, which is such a uh, immature thing, way to be because it's immature because it's a, a young person's game of giving a shit you eventually let that kind of stuff go but i'm like in a hurry to let it go faster than like age can let it go because it's so stupid to care what anyone else thinks yeah. um and then i was gonna say one other thing yeah i just like i i've told the story before but i had a cold sore coming on and it was like gonna ruin this tv t- tv taping for me and i was like freaking out and it looked like everything online that said it was going to turn into cold sore. And I had one, I had had one like a decade before. And I'm like, so I'm capable of getting these, but they don't come up. That's just not, how, that's month. not how stress just once a month. No, that's, <laughs> that's not how stress manifests itself for me, but whatever I have, it can be expressed in that way. And it was starting and I just fucking meditated it away. I literally did my whole meditation talk to it. Oh, I was going to say this. Sometimes when I'm like wake up and, and I'm looking in the mirror and I'm feeling like, ugly and like I'm convinced like it's not a good face day for you this isn't a good day even though I know that's maybe true in my perception in that moment like recently I've just been like choosing to like say some nice things to myself and be like you're beautiful look at how like great this is like I'll compliment myself because it just even though it feels stupid it fucking works that's it's just it this stuff works it's so weird so, but you seem, Emil, for someone who's 21, you, you are very mature and seem like on your way to having all the happiness in the world. Yeah, I hope. I don't know. I think that's why I maybe got more mature is because I always had this, like from being so young, I always had this like guilt and like anxiety. I think part of it was being raised Catholic, which is like, seriously, like they really guilty, like with religion and shit. And then also like the immigrant parent thing too. And they were like really strict and like everything was just so much, so guilt based. And it still is like, that's why I don't like love going home sometimes. Cause it's still just like, mm-hmm. Oh, well if I don't come home or if I do come home and they're like, well, you didn't come home enough. And it's just, everything is a guilt trip. Yes. And that's, I've always dealt with that. So, so you're managing other people's feelings constantly. Yeah, like yeah. you, you've been convinced that I can make this person happy. I can make my mom happy. I can make my dad happy by doing this thing yeah. when really it doesn't, that's not within your control and they're setting things to set themselves up to be unhappy. It's their fault yeah. to like, you know, it's yeah. But once you, it takes so much work though. Yeah. I have the same stuff. Well, they were, that's why they were really good parents, but they were so obsessed with being parents that they like weren't happy. They, they, their happiness was just on their kids, yeah. which is a terrible way to live. Yeah. Because, dependent on other people's yeah. expectations. Cause then a, a child who's like growing up and supposed to be like sacrificing things and like going and grinding and like working hard to achieve their life feels responsible mm-hmm. now for the happiness of mm someone who they care about more than anything yes it's really twisted it is twisted 
twisted and it's like they always say like the best gift you can give someone else is like working on yourself yeah. like and i tr i really believe that like i don't i'm not interested in being friends with or being in a relationship with anyone who isn't like trying to be better for themselves because and being selfish about it like yeah. cut taking time away from me to go do something that makes them better like fine that's, i really like mm -hmm. i i want that that's so attractive that's it's, why like i love like the best relationships I've had are when the girl also has like a crazy passion of hers that like, and she's always working and she's like aware that, that she needs to have something like driving her, the making yeah. her like, it's so nice. It's not codependency is yeah, what it's not. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's get into, we got, we're, we're doing long segments here. This is an extra long episode and I love it. Uh, yesterday's show was, um, Oh, I, I'm sorry, I'm not prepared. Mia Jackson. Mia Jackson, um, her Comedy Central stand-up special premieres tonight on Comedy Central, half hour. Mia Jackson, 11.30 Eastern on Comedy Central if you're listening to this podcast on Friday. That's Friday, November 1st. Mia Jackson, she's so funny. Loved having her in. First time on the show. Love her. Um, Ian Fidance was there. Love him. Follow him on all his stuff. God, he's the best. And, uh, and Andrew Collin. And this is, uh, we all just, we're talking about compliments we want to hear about our private parts in bed. Enjoy. If yeah. I had a, if I had a perfect vagina, you I would, would be yeah. the biggest slut ever. I swear to God. It Interesting. would, my life would be completely different. But your vagina is imperfectly perfect. Yeah. I mean, anyone who loves me is going to love my vagina. It's, mm -hmm. it's actually pretty fucking and great. And also, I but, like, a lippy vagina is great because I love having stuff did, in my mouth. Did you say lippy? Yeah. You, okay. Just, yeah, like mine, mine gets an attitude. I felt that way about mine. <laughs> uh, mine will make, mouth off. I just wanted to make <laughs> mouthy vagina. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> shut the fuck up or I'll shut you up. Clean your room. <laughs> but I still, like, I, I realize, like, the idea of hooking up with someone is like stresses me out so much because I am so scared they're gonna be like I don't want to be with this person with this vagina for the rest of my life. Women are so it's so guys like, do I that feel too. Like, I know. I yeah, do. I, 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 that's I why I feel like complimenting your genitals during interactions is like really good mm, for the other person. That's. And even I agree you with you. you know? I really yeah. love hearing my vagina's awesome. Yeah. Because and not I'm just so like, you're so tight, it. you're so tight. But like that too. Well, that's great. Like, right. Yeah. No, it's great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but, you're not a woman, so you don't know what it means right. to hear Change that you're up. tight. It feels great, it, right? I mean, yes. That's what you want to hear. Over and over and over and like, over. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're like, I've been doing some work. Yeah. You, you're like, thank you for noticing mm. my progress. But yeah, sometimes yeah. it makes you come fast because yeah. you're so excited about how tight it is. Well, let me uh, let us know still. I don't yeah. care if you come fast. I'm I'd rather come hear quick because you're tight pussy. Um, but if a girl said you got a monster cock to me. I'd be like, you're a liar. Yeah, I'd be like, honey, the Oscars were last I wouldn't, month. I wouldn't <laughs> quit acting. Yeah, shut your lippy mouth. Yeah, that's why I used to, I have, I closed my special with, um, my special Perfect on Comedy Central from two years ago with a whole bit about telling my boyfriend that his dick was so big. Mm -hmm. And he just goes, please, oh, yeah. come on. <laughs> no, it's not. And I'm like, yes, it is. And he's like. You're, you can't lie to me. It's fine, but it's not big. And so I, in my special, I, I said that women, you need to say that uh, you can't say it's big if they, they'll know. But you can't be like, it's so fucking average. Like, what do you say about, yeah. Yeah, what do you want to hear about your penis, Andrew? It's good if, looking. 
It's a good-looking mm-hmm. dick. Look cool in a leather handsome. coat, maybe. Wait, yeah. does it? Is that what? Yeah. Seriously, if, what is the oh. best thing a woman? Because you don't have a it's monster per- cock, right? No, I'm a monster cock, but I don't. I don't have a micro penis, right? But, but it's 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 average. Yeah, it could use a little bit more weight. I think. So what is what's the best thing you can hear that isn't going to be a lie from a woman? What's the best compliment you can receive about your penis that isn't big? I would love to know. It hits all my right spots. Okay. Something like that, or it's like it's perfect for my pussy, like. Yeah, it's just, it hits just the clit. We can fuck you multiple a, times in a day. I'll be fine. You have a Goldie <laughs> dick. It's not too big. It's not too small. It's just right. Oh, oh okay. yeah, like porridge. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like, like porridge. Like and mama's hungry. Room temperature porridge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A guy loves to hear oh, that about his dick. It's funny. The guys with like the huge dicks, porridge. you're like, he's this... always flashing. Or he's always, like all the flash would always have giant. Yeah, because he was a giant cock. You know what I mean? Oh, like all are... the guys that were always like, he's always showing his dick. But I Ian, used to whip my answer? dick out all the time. Did you? I, I, but you have a big dick. Just so fun. Well, you've seen his dick. I don't remember how big it is. Well, if you could see his cock from behind, it's pretty nice. So you've got a big dick. So I, your I don't best know if compliment it's like big, hear, but it's all right. Mia, what's the best compliment a guy can give you in bed? And let, not just about your vagina in general. Uh, let's go. Let's go round robin. Best see. compliment you can get <laughs> in bed. What can I get? Oh God. If a man. What do it, I... If your boy, if your boyfriend's mm. listening right now, and you Let's would like see. him to reiterate something a little bit more, uh, what I would you stuff want? like like I love who you are? Yeah, yeah I think I want maybe maybe like... I want personality. <laughs> I've never seen two women dry up more. Yeah, I, I know you guys really didn't like that. That was ridiculous. I, don't, I know. I, I know. Love I'm you sorry. Pretty. My vagina just dropped I'm, sixteen yeah, I centimeters. I don't, yeah, I I don't know if I yeah you like, undilated. I don't know if I want a, a personality. Like I don't want somebody to be like. I feel your soul. What about when you make love? Like, you're such a no, good writer. No, don't say make love. That's gross. <laughs> but I've got to trouble say saying love? you're my lover and I want to make love. No. That's cute. Uh. Don't say make love. No, this is, why? It is kind of gross. I, it, it you don't me, want to make love sometimes? so ill. No. No, I, no I, I actually, slow. I really, I, it used to gross me out and I totally get where you're coming from. I am done. I, that is... That's the next step for me is I want to be in a relationship and I want to make love, which is uh, pain right? to say. Oh. Like, I'm so into but it you. But is the goal to make love, oh, like to actually I... have a connected, mm. intimate experience mm-hmm. of like where it feels like we're making love. One time, yeah. I, but oh, let me just let's let's complete our circle yeah. of um, best thing you could hear. For me, I'll get it started. Um, you make me anyone, feel whole. My or, ex-boyfriend used uh, to say, this is my favorite place to be, would oh, be wow. like inside. He's oh. like, nothing has ever felt this good. And he's slept around a lot. And he's uh-huh. like, no vagina has ever felt as good as yours or yeah. will ever feel as good as yours. There's something extremely special about your vagina. Like, to make me feel like n- I'm special. Like, that it's not just like a compliment that other girls could receive. It's one right. that only I could receive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That that made me feel mm. amazing. And um, uh, just yeah, that's that was probably the best feeling that I could get, or just like a guy like being like, "You're so fucking beautiful," like just being almost yeah. disgusted with how hot you are. Yeah, like yeah. what the fuck? Yeah. Like offended by it? Oh, yeah, that's a, no, that's a, that's a yeah, good one. No, yeah, that that yeah, that's what I want. That's yeah, a, okay, yeah. good. Yeah, that's what I want to hear. All right, yeah. I know. Ian. Yeah. What? What do you want to hear in bed? One time I heard. Uh, your dick's hitting the back of my pussy walls. And I was like, that's... The that's back a, of your pussy walls? That's a walls? weird way to talk. Did you like it? 
I mean, it it, it kind of weirded me out, like, because then I just like pictured like a dick with a blindfold on running into a wall. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he forgot his walking stick and he's just smashing his head into a wall like a dumb dick. <laughs> like when I play video games with yeah. a, a guy, just like in yeah, the you're like playing virtual reality, just, yeah. like moving around. Give me that dumb dick. Um, Andrew. I mean, I kind of said it before uh, that I hit the Just right spot. Just hitting all the right spots. That's a good. That is a great compliment. If women are listening right now and your boyfriend does not have a monster dick. Just telling him that it hits in all the right spots because then that's going to give him the security that you don't need a big dick to hit the right spots. And that well, is true. Like that was Wednesday's show, talking about private parts. I want to ask you guys the same thing. Um, in During sex, what do you like to hear about your um, penis? Uh, if it, like, what sort of things do you like to hear besides, like, it's big? You know what's funny is my girlfriend now doesn't say it's big because we both know it's fine. It's like normal, yeah. it's average. It's my sure. I do a whole bit about it in my special perfect about <laughs> that's why the, it's called perfect because I realize the greatest thing to call a guy's dick is perfect because it doesn't it it, it does feel yeah. perfect. I'm not lying. I don't have to lie. And so I say if your dick's been called perfect, it's average or below average. She'll say hard. She's like, yeah, you get so hard. Like you're yeah. hard. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I know you because like. She could say, like, oh, you're a huge guy. But yeah. we both are like, it's That's not all huge. you hear in porn. Yeah, it's not huge. It's fine. Yes. Happy with it. But, but you can't like, be like, well, you're yeah, adequate fucking dick. Here's the thing. I know it's not the biggest dick she's ever seen. For yeah. For sure. Which, you know, then you're like, well, she's taking bigger dick probably. So that always makes you feel It doesn't matter. We don't care about – bigger dick is f- fine. It's <laughs> But it's like – a lot of guys, like, suffer, I think, because their dicks are so big, and you can't do that all the time. Right. That is true because people like, – there's a part where it's too big. So. It, true. Didn't you talk about that with Raina? Yeah, there's a thing called boyfriend dick. So if your girlfriend wants to fuck a lot, yeah. you she doesn't want a huge cock unless she has a giant puss and then it's fine, I guess. But most girls they don't if they want to take a dick maybe, you know, two times a night or like maybe three once times a day. Once a day. Right. See, you're going to want a boyfriend dick because if you have a huge dick then you got to take off a couple days yeah. and whatever and then you got to like ease it in. With me, you can fuck me 35 times every hour on the hour, and you will walk, and you will be able to ride a horse. You could run a marathon the next day. Yeah, you, you could run a marathon fun. with me inside you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. All right. We got to close out the show. Big, though. What? But my dick's big. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. Um, no, but what do you guys like to hear if they can't say big? Oh, I've told you this before, that it, that you hit the right spot. Oh, yes, yes, yes. That's right. Were you on the show yesterday? Yeah, yeah you literally just said my name. Oh, wait. Oh, okay. Fine, Jesus fine. Christ. I like to um, best, like, you're the best I've ever had. Like, that's always good. Oh, you're the yeah, best. Yeah, you're the best. Like, you own that. And you're uh, like, okay. Yes, yes. So I do like hearing I'm the best, too. Yeah, so you like, can't beat being the best. Yeah. I mean, that's really the top compliment. All right. So we learned something. Okay. This last story, this is bonus. Uh, you won't hear from me again. So thank you for listening to the podcast this week. But you guys have to l- please listen to this next clip. I got Rachel Feinstein to tell a story of. Um, just a dating story that I set her up for because it's just the funniest thing ever and it's ridiculous and it's why I love her so much. So enjoy this clip from, um, I think it was Tuesday's show with Rachel Feinstein and me and um, JP McDate. All right. Uh, see you next week. Squirt, squirt. Yeah. Bye. Um, I wanted to, uh, you to tell the story about the date you went on where you um, couldn't decide what to wear. Oh, uh, this is real sad. Um, so I went out with this guy. My friend gave him my number. He was at a show. It's the only guy I've ever met from a show. And uh, she gave him my number after the show. She said he was looking at me or something. 
And uh, he you were was on stage. Uh, right. Exactly. Because <laughs> I was in front of him <laughs> and rubbing his girlfriend's back, thanking God that I wasn't her. But uh, <laughs> but uh, he was, um, I was like, I think like at the time, like six years older than him. He was like 23. He lived with his grandmother um, in uh, central Jersey. I think he said his hero was The Rock or something. There was a lot of points against him, but uh, I liked him. And, um, Wait, didn't he like movies where, or didn't you date some guy that liked movies where? Oh yes, where that was um the the carpenter I dated, but he the gutter alcoholic. Yeah, he was a wild alcoholic. He liked movies where houses fall apart, you know. And I I could only watch that so many times. Yeah. He'd be like, "Babe, the pipe's about to burst. Come on, get in here." <laughs> <laughs> and he would watch the same thing, like a stair that doesn't work. Not even you know? like Wizard of Oz. He just liked just the money pit. he liked yes, exactly. He liked a movie where people paid a lot of money for a home which just makes me tense and feel sorry for them you know yes. and then the home slowly falls apart and he wanted me to enjoy it in the same way or like a, a movie where the rock was dealing with some sort of child <laughs> is that right yes he also uh. liked he's like uh he liked it when a big guy became friends or had to hang out with a smaller person you know or or a little girl Incredible. there's a movie where the rock i think like has to take care of a girl like a, a somebody's niece or something like some wacky series of events he's like come on babe it's hilarious he's like you think too much which is what he always told me it's always a great thing to be told yeah. he's like he's big she's fucking tiny it's hysterical <laughs> they're doing things together and he has to hold a little girl purse and stuff no i don't think you get it it's a big and small thing so you go out with this guy and you can't decide on what to wear. Yes. And so I packed a second dress in my purse. This is real dark. Oh, um, yeah. I know this is really like really bad, but I couldn't decide what to wear. So I put a second dress in my purse for some reason. I don't know how I thought I would execute this, but at a certain point I was like, wildly drunk like flying drunk um i thought he was about to compliment me and he kind of lifted my chin up and he was like you drink really fast <laughs> and uh, and then i realized that so anyway i i spilled wine on myself on purpose because i wanted him to see the other dress dark dark <laughs> moment and then i ran into the bathroom and, and i was like oh thank god i have this other dress with me and i came out in the second dress and um and the most horrifying thing about it is he somehow knew exactly what I had done. He's like, you did that on purpose. I'm like, how could he have assumed that anyone would be sizzling with such madness that would do something like this? Uh, well, who was like, you had planned that whole thing out. It was He's like, of- I did that with a football jersey one time. <laughs> I had two really cool jerseys. Oh, God. I That's feel like sweet. he like because he knew what you were doing. I was almost like you guys are meant to be. I know. Like, I mean, the, the fact that nobody could ever so assume that anybody could be so dark and hollow to do something like that. I just kind of loved that he was able to see that in you, and just say you dr- lift your chin up and say you drink really. Fast. I mean, I can't relate to anything more. Than I was that. opening my body language for my compliment. You know, you're doing that. And he was like, you drink really fast. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. 